Life is an epic journey. Live it unleashed. Hey, fellow journeyers, Jeremy here. Welcome back to the Living Unleashed podcast. You know, life is an epic journey, and we want to live it unleashed. God offers us a passionate life. It is a life that is defined by hope, filled with joy, marked by peace, and walks in freedom. I am so glad you're back with us again today as we are winding up the week here on a Friday Continuing our journey with Luke as we are intentionally shaping our lives by engaging God in His Word, traveling through the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Today we are on Acts chapter 19. Really am glad that you've been with us throughout this entire journey. We only have a couple of weeks left in this journey through Acts, and as I've been mentioning throughout this week of podcasts, I'm busy planning for season three of the Living Unleashed podcast, and I invite you to input your ideas, suggestions, or uh, the like uh, for what this next season will look like, what kind of themes we might cover, what books of the Bible we might engage, what questions you're seeking to have answered. So as I build season three, I'm looking to see what would help you the most as you seek to live unleashed. You can make your suggestions by emailing me, jeremy at livingunleashed.org. I look forward to hearing from you. I've already had some great suggestions come in, and that's helping me as I format season three. I'm looking forward to hear what you have to say. So uh, fire me off an email. Let me know what you think. Let's jump into Acts chapter 19. In Acts chapter 19, we come across um, a couple of accounts that help us to see how it was that the gospel was impacting people and coming against some of the culture and traditions of the day. Uh, One of those accounts has to do with the seven sons of Sceva, and actually going to be covering that uh, in Sunday morning's message, so you'll be able to catch that as it is rebroadcast on this next Monday on Facebook. Uh, But I want to look now uh, for today at the riot in Ephesus that starts in verse 23 of chapter 19. And here is basically what happens. In Ephesus, Paul spends a couple of years sharing the gospel, and the church there grows. And apparently it is growing at enough of a rate that it is beginning to um, put a dent in the silversmithing industries where they are building idols and amulets and the like to the god Artemis. So it's having such an impact that the silversmithing guild and some of the folks who are benefiting from that kind of are starting to get worried. And they kind of call together a meeting of of the business and, and say, hey, man, this is really hurting us. You know, this is really starting to hurt us. And what ends up happening is an actual riot breaks out and they end up going down to the theater there in Ephesus, and the whole community's gathered, and it's just a mob. Now, there's a problem that you discover as you work through this, and that is that since the town's getting in an uproar, Rome valued the peace. They valued things staying very calm. And so if there was going to be a riot, there better be a, a really good reason for that. And 
what one of the leaders of the community steps up and says is, we don't have a good reason. These people have not done anything criminally wrong. And so therefore, we cannot be having this. This is an illegal assembly. We're going to get in trouble. And it ends up breaking up. But what is I want you to notice here is, is that because people were coming to know Jesus and following him as their Lord, it was having a direct impact on the community. Fewer people were, were participating in the idol worship. And because of that, it was having a negative impact on the bottom line. Now, if you've been around in our culture very long at all, you know that there always seems to be a cause that people are speaking out against and trying to drum up support to get rid of or pass laws to get rid of. And sometimes that's perfectly appropriate. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But when we look in the Gospels, what we find is that, you know, the early church had no power to lobby to get laws changed. The way the early church changed the community is through the changed individual lives of people who came to follow Jesus Christ. And here in Ephesus, we see it happening at such a level that it's actually become a threat to the status quo. It's actually become a threat to the, the way people are doing things in the Roman culture. And, and because it's transforming lives and it's changing things. What I want to suggest is that the best way for the church to have an impact on the culture around us is through the individual changed lives of people to the point that that the powers that be feel threatened they 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 can't they can't get the following they want they can't get things to happen the way they want their bottom lines being affected because Christians are living a Christian life and i would suggest that the reason this isn't happening is because for the by and large um Christians as a whole don't look that much different than the rest of the culture around us. Christians, by and large, have not been transformed. Um, we, we, we haven't been, we haven't practiced good discipleship, we call it. Now here at Living Unleashed, what we talked about is living unleashed, and that really is another way of talking about being discipled, learning to live like Christ, learning to live the way Christ called us to, because when we do, there are all sorts of promises in Scripture that we will experience joy and peace and hope and freedom, and those outward signs become a major part of our living witness that other people see, so they say, man, You've discovered something. You've discovered something that the rest of the world says it can give me, but I've discovered it can't. And I want what you have. And what happens is you end up with a an effect where it just spreads and nothing can stop it. Ask the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire tried its best to stomp out the early Christian movement and couldn't do it. The harder it tried, the faster it spread. And it was because of the witness of the transformed lives. And the witness of the transformed lives began to affect what was going on in Rome. And whether it's actually a positive thing in the history of the church or negative, it finally leads to Constantine, the Roman emperor, adopting Christianity as the official religion of Rome. So it's moved away from, so many people were transformed that Roman emperor finally decided, I'm not even going to fight this. Okay, And so instead of worshiping the emperor and all the other gods, 
he makes a decree that Christianity is now the official religion. Now, I would argue, and others have, have argued, that wasn't necessarily good for Christianity, but it is a witness and a testimony to how steadily changing individual lives changed enough of the culture that the culture finally accepted uh, as a whole in, in that manner. And, and, and I think that's where we're at today. I think we want to live transformed lives. I want you to live unleashed. I want you to live unleashed because, first of all, when we are following Jesus and living the way he has called us, we will experience those things we're longing for. Advertisers know you're longing for it. That's how they get you to buy your pro- their products because that's what they're really selling. They're very rarely are they actually selling a product. They're selling peace of mind. They're selling hope. They're selling love. Uh, they're selling being free and, 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 and the like. These are the types of qualities and characteristics they're actually selling. They know you need it. I want you to experience that. But I want you to experience that because you're following Jesus, because he's the one who gives it in a way that really satisfies the soul and in a way that cannot be taken from you by your circumstances. I want you to experience that. Not only do I want you to experience that because that's the kind of life Jesus offers, that life that is abundant, but I also want you to experience that because I believe that that is the best witness the church has. The best witness the church has is your transformed life. The best witness that the movement of Jesus Christ has is the transformed lives of its people. And so that when people see the body of Christ, when they see the gathered community, when they see a church, they see Jesus. They see transformed individuals that reflect the person of Jesus. And they say, I want that because I see the hope you have. I see the peace that you have. I see the joy that you are overflowing with. I see the, the way you walk in freedom instead of fear. And, and I want that because that's living unleashed. And that's why I want you to live unleashed. One, because it's the life God wants you to have. Two, because it's the best witness we have to spread the good news. And that's the way we're going to change our culture. That's the way things are going to happen. And, and, and so I just really encourage you uh, to do that. Reread this whole uh, passage here in Acts chapter 19. And uh, if you don't have an opportunity to join us here in Mount Carmel for our uh, worship gathering on Sunday, um, I, I encourage you to look for um, uh, the message from Sunday morning about the sons of Sceva, because we're going to take a little different twist on that uh, based on that account, but it kind of fo- follows some of the same uh, basic flow. Um, and, and so I, I encourage you to watch that. That'll be on uh, Facebook. I'll like and share that um, from our church's account. So encourage you to do that. I hope you have an awesome and powerful weekend. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you experience hope, joy, peace, and freedom as you live unleashed. And as you go through this weekend, I do pray that you will keep on living unleashed. <laughs>